Hello all, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today, we're going to be reviewing the film, Emily the Criminal. Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for Emily the Criminal? Sure. Down on her luck and saddled with debt, Emily gets involved in a credit card scam that pulls her into the criminal underworld of Los Angeles, ultimately leading to deadly consequences. Dun dun dun! Right? (laughs) All right, so let's start off with our one-sentence summaries for Emily the Criminal in Sweet Tradition. Sarah, what was your summary? Mine is the most relatable origin story ever. (laughs) Yes. Very relatable indeed. Yeah. Yeah. We probably will talk about that. Mm-hmm. My one summary <laughs> is we can all be Danny Ocean. You know what? It's true. We can't we be. We might want to be. We might all want to be as yeah. suave and cool and clever. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah. We we all don't have that same level of charisma and that's okay. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we you just got to, you know, play with the hand you were dealt. Yes. Yes, indeed. This uh, removes all the glossiness of any heist movie, organized (laughs) crime. Yes. Removes the gloss. Okay, so let's start off with our initial thoughts of Emily the Criminal, and we will refrain from sharing any spoilers in this first section, and then we will have full reign after our spoiler alert. So, Sarah, what were your thoughts about Emily the Criminal? I had a fun time with this movie. Um, It is a lean uh, hour and 35 minute movie. Uh, It is (laughs) fast paced and it it uses its time really efficiently. I think Um, the, the film does a really good job, you know, setting the stakes and then you just like have to watch Emily respond as all of these crazy things uh, happen to her. Uh, I, I think that the film is, I mean, honestly, I'm just like, I'm glad that this exists, uh, and we'll talk more about it, but I just, I love that it's about a woman who's kind of at the edge of her, her rope just because she feels like she's drowning financially. And I, I think that's a lot, uh, that's what a lot of people are feeling, uh, right now. And so it's just nice to see that represented on the, on the screen. And, and there's a lot to talk about with that, but I just think even from a filmmaking perspective, it does a lot of things really well. Uh, and it's just, it's just this quick pace kind of small, narrow story. And, uh, it really worked for me. I had a, I had a good time with it. This movie, as you mentioned, is incredibly efficient, and I think that's such a testament to the masterful way the screen uh, writing was done for this movie because the way that it intersects these many plot lines and really develops the characters for us as the as the viewers to bond with and understand her choices, I thought was so smartly done. Um, there's a lot of little moments and little details that are 
woven throughout that that again as you mentioned is very quick paced but they all are paid off at some point and they all contribute to us understanding the the decisions and the key pivotal moments for how this woman ends up where she does by the end of this movie um so all of that was just really smart and really well done and crafty i loved all of those bits um I think this also, this movie is as thrilling as you and I alluded to in our one sentence summaries. It's just thrilling to see a a normal person get sucked into um, the criminal underworld as the IMDb summary mentions. I think there's so many versions of this type of movie that have been dramatize and have that Hollywood gloss, which is so much fun. Honestly, it's a grand old time, but this movie kind of totally scrubs that all away and shows us the reality of um, that desperation that, that causes her to make some of these decisions. And I thought there was a lot to ponder there. Um, I loved almost every bit of this movie until the last five minutes of this movie, which I am intrigued to hear your thoughts about the way this movie chooses to end. Um, I have so many issues with it, but everything else up until that point is nearly perfect and well done. So lots to unpack. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ooh, I'm excited. All right. Well, this seems like a good time for us to include a spoiler alert. It's hard to talk about this movie and this thriller without uh, talking about some of the plot points. So if you have not seen Emily the Criminal yet, it is available out in theaters, I think for a little while longer. Um, We recommend checking it out before continuing to listen. I think this movie really rewards you going in uh, pretty blind. So, all right, where shall we begin? Shall we start with the ending? (laughs) Tell me your thoughts about this ending, this denouement last little bit of this movie I you know I didn't mind it I really didn't I I think that there's a lot of ways that this this movie could have ended uh and been satisfying and I was I was satisfied with this I was like you know what you live your life girl you recreate this criminal enterprise in another country you live your best life that's fine. I don't care. So that's kind of the stance that I took from it. You were just here for it. Wrapped it up. It was I a good was, time. You were I pleased. Was, yeah, that that's fine. Okay. I think you maybe should have made some different decisions in your life. But you know what? Hey, as long as you're in a non-extradition <laughs> country, you're good. So that was mm. my like big concern. Like, what country did you end up in? Because do they have an extradition agreement with the yeah. U.S.? Like. How how is that working for you? But the movie isn't interested in going there, so I was mm-hmm. just like, okay, I will set that piece of my brain aside. Uh, but yeah, that whatevs. I I I think that 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 symmetry of her doing the exact same speech that that Yusuf did was supposed to be I don't know something, but I was like, okay, that that's fine. You can. You can do that if you want to. Go for it. I I don't care. <laughs> okay. okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Tell me all I of your it. thoughts and feels. Yes, go so for it. About it. Um, I equate this to the 
tree scene in the end of Pieces of a Woman. Wow. Okay. Please tell me more. I must know (laughs) everything. So, so, you know, we are nearing the end of this movie. They're wrapping things up. She is in, I think, somewhere in South America. She's in the ocean. There's this sense of catharsis or some kind of reflection that she's doing as she's contemplating her choices. And she ended up here. And I was like, this is the perfect time to end this movie. Like, do not give us more. Because I could see them doing that. And then they gave him us more. Uh, here's my reason for... Uh, just being upset at the ending, the last five minutes of this movie. I I feel like there is a lot that this movie was exploring or at least presenting to us in the climax, uh, you know, big, big uh, ending sequence right before that where, you know, there's – she – Um, is knocking people over the head and she's making these difficult decisions. She abandons Yusuf and there's all these like difficult, painful choices that she makes. Um, And she ultimately chooses to take the money and run at potentially the cost of Yusuf's life. And I thought that this movie would have ended in a really interesting way to leave us as the viewers together with her contemplating and pondering and unpacking like the progression of how she started this movie to where she ultimately found herself in and the the allure of 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 this criminal life the um desperation that that society has forced upon her to have to make some of these really difficult decisions like there were so many interesting themes and complexity that i feel like would have been really great to leave us as the viewers um, walking out of theaters with. And I think by ultimately wrapping this up with her being just starting this criminal venture in another country, like oversimplifies all of that. It kind of takes these really interesting ideas that the film is beginning to present and just kind of like brushes it aside and is just presenting it to us as the title suggests that Ultimately, she is gifted as a criminal, and that is what she's going to continue to do. Whereas, I think if they had ended it five minutes earlier with that scene of her in the ocean, and there's this uncertainty of if she will continue to thrive and embrace that life, or if she will kind of reflect on all of the things that got her there and choose a different path. You know, like she was embracing her art again. There's all these like really interesting suggestions. And it just, it wraps it up in like too neat of a little bow and kind of oversimplifies who she is. And there's so many more complexities to her than that ending suggests. I disagree with you. I okay. think that her ending as a criminal makes her more complex not less because she's seen it go bad and she's willing to go back into it again I think if that if it had just ended with her like moving to this other country doing her art like that's satisfying but I think that's almost too happy and so I think her like starting this criminal enterprise adds some tragedy to it um because things can go bad again. And she is choosing to put herself and these other people in danger. So she hasn't learned any of the lessons from this whole movie. And so I think that that almost makes her character more complex because she didn't learn her lesson. 
uh, yeah, and makes it a little bit more tragic. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Cause I read that as like this inevitability, you know, there's this, that conversation mm. that she has with, I think Yusuf's mother or someone that she references of like Emily, the fill in the blank. And there's all these identities that mm-hmm. she adds in there. And it, interestingly suggests that there is this part of her that is gifted and and drawn to um and and she has this natural like fierceness and and tenacity that makes her fit for this life and so it feels more like an inevitability to me that she would ultimately end up in this again versus her actually having to figure out how to whether she will choose that life or try and go at it um, and and try and like make an honest living and go to work and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it resolves that tension that was presented to us throughout the rest of the movie with just that one scene. It's like, oh, well, she goes back to mm. it eventually. It's inevitable. This is just who she is, which the title suggests. So maybe it's in line with what they were trying to communicate with this title. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I saw it more almost like in line with her character of Mm. not always making the best decisions. Like throughout the movie, you know, it's explained to her, like, these are the rules. And then she purposely like doesn't follow the rules for whatever reason. Like she's acting out of instinct or she's flustered or like whatever, but she often makes wrong decisions. And then we have to watch how she cleans it up. And because she's so tenacious and and strong-willed, she's able to. Uh, And I I think her choosing this is in line with that. You know, I I think she could have made other decisions to truly start new uh, and really have her slate wiped clean and build a life for herself, you know, that's not out of a criminal enterprise. But Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to that, like, she doesn't always make good decisions. And sometimes her instincts lead her to bad places. And I think that this is kind of what that is. So less of like, inevitability, and more of a character who really didn't grow throughout this movie. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And I think what is So I have another bullet point in my notes, which is that this needs a better title. Yes. Both from a thematic perspective of what this movie is communicating, which is one of the problems I have with the ending and this this journey that we go on to ultimately end up back in the same place, which is maybe that uh, frustration I have with what you're talking about, which is that there there was no growth. Like even having gone through all of this pain and Mm – and wreaking havoc in her life like she still will go back to choose it the fact that this is called emily the criminal feels like this identity that is given to her that is like just part of who she is and it feels i think more um hopeless that like this is the movie's almost saying like this is who she is and this is what she will choose always because that is the identifier that we've given her versus something that I don't know, gives her a little bit more agency or like ownership of those choices. So maybe I also have problems with the title thematically. I also just think it's not great for the marketing of this movie. Like I think there could have been a better Mm -hmm. title to make this more marketable and appealing that you want to go see versus Emily the criminal. And that's why 
I, I said that it was an origin story in my one sentence summary because it was like, this is how she became Emily the criminal. Um, but I agree. I wish that they would have titled this a little bit differently. Also, just, I mean, I know like trailers give everything away. I haven't watched the trailer for this, but I'm assuming it gives everything away because they usually do. And mm-hmm. I just wish that this title had been a little bit more ambiguous. Like I know yes. in marketing, like clarity mm-hmm. is more important than being cute, but I really wish that this film had been a little cute with its title. Uh, just leave it ambiguous and I don't know, g- give us a little mystery, you know, cause mm-hmm. we, we know going into it that she's going to jump into something criminal. Um, and become Emily the criminal. I just, it would have been nice if that hadn't already been in my mind when I was settling into my seat and uh, truly watching her delve into this just without knowing where we were going. Mm-hmm. This is the type of movie that would have been so great to have been shown like 60, 70 years ago where all we had was a movie poster and a showtime mm-hmm. and yeah. we have no idea what we're about to see unfold and to see this like woman who seems to be just like us just walk deeper and deeper into this and get sucked into almost the black hole of um this uh scam and organized crime world would have been so delicious yeah i typically don't watch the trailers um i watched this trailer because i was trying to convince my family to watch it with me and it gives away so much there were some scenes in the movie where I was like, man, this scene would have been even more epic had I not watched already half of the clips in the trailer from this exact scene. God, that's so frustrating. Like, I understand the point of the trailer is to show people the best part of the movie to get them into the theater. Like, I understand what it's there for. But can we innovate this marketing piece (laughs) and just make it better so that you're not ruining a movie with the freaking trailer like there's got to be a better way to promote a movie than showing all of the best parts of it Mm -hmm. yeah I I need somebody to solve this problem (laughs) yes there are uh some things that Disney does well and part of the reason I feel like they can do this with like the Star Wars franchise and whatnot is because they know people will go watch it but some of their Mm -hmm. teaser trailers are so well done there's just a voice or a cackle from Emperor Palpatine but you don't really know who it is there's the like silhouette with a lightsaber like they do such a good job of what you and I want trailers to be which is give us nothing but Give us a little tiny crumb, but mostly nothing. And we will bite. We will show up for it. But I'm we're also the people who are like, oh my God, it's this director. So we must see it without yes. knowing any information <laughs> about the movie or the plot or anything. It's like, oh, so and so is doing it. I'm I'm there. I need no true. other information. <laughs> and that true. is not most people. But there's gotta be like a middle ground, you know? Yes. Yes. We, we can do better. Let alone some of this like three minute trailer nonsense where no. we basically have a short oh. summary of the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Unnecessary. I feel like every couple of months we have to have a healthy vent session about trailers and this feels great. I'm glad. I'm glad this was our moment. 
I'm a little surprised that it came with this movie of all the right. movies, but you know what? <laughs> it, it works. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Other things that we wanted to talk about with this movie. I love that she found herself in this situation because of student loan debt and just the way that this film handles that. And we get Mm. to see how it has completely affected her life and that even though she incurred all of this debt, she didn't emerge with a degree, uh, which a lot of people, that's their situation. And you can just see like the toll physically that it's taken on her and it's stripped her of the ability to dream. You know, when, when Yusuf is asking her, like, what do you want? She, her first thing is to pay off my, my loans. Mm -hmm. And that is just, that is so real. And so I'm just knowing how many people are saddled with student loan debt and how crushing that is. It was just so nice to see that represented in a movie like this. Um, I don't think it's something that's probably portrayed often enough as it actually impacts people in the society. So I just, I love that it was included and that the film does so much to speak about how it's affected her life without it feeling like overly preachy. Uh, but it it was that cloud just hanging over her head. And I, I imagine if a lot of people, especially people our age, were to watch this, they would find uh, a lot of empathy with Emily and the situation she finds herself in. Absolutely. And this film does an incredible job of showing these small moments, these little scenes of the 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 way that her job treats her or the way that, um, you know, the, the effects of that, the weight of that burden affects her, you know, from that little tiny moment of her frantically going through all of her bills when she's, when she's home and calling the company and being put on hold to those little moments where she is completely disrespective, disrespected and dismissed by her boss that she's working at this, this catering company. Like, all of those little details I think were so effective in helping us empathize with her and completely understand some of the choices that she makes ultimately when this attractive offer of being able to make money quickly to be able to relieve herself of those burdens falls into her lap. You know, this, this, a lot of this movie I think is um, spent, especially in that first half of her ultimately like weighing that op- those options, like turning down uh, this, you know, quick, quick uh, shortcut to cash. But then ultimately the, the just like burdens and a weight and, and, and like shame of, of like all of that stuff with her boss and the way she's treated at this job and all of that is like ultimately like swings her back towards and p- almost like pushes her towards um, – this idea of being able to really embrace her financial freedom and figure out a way out of this, uh, that, that tension and that constant jostling back and forth and the pendulum swinging of her thought processes, I thought was communicated in such an interesting way. There isn't this slow linear progression of her kind of being, um, 
weighted down with these loans and then slowly getting sucked in. It's this actual like conflict and tension that she also feels from a moral perspective, from a um, logistical perspective. Like she is constantly shifting her loyalties and we get to see that process. And this movie gave us so many of those little moments and vignettes almost um, to show case that that pendulum swinging back and forth, which was just so well done. And I love how just human she is. You know, I, I like that she's not this perfect protagonist. You know, she's, she's made mistakes. She's sometimes really abrasive. She's, um, she doesn't always make the right choice. And yet, like, we are so invested in her and, and rooting for her. And she also has this uh, intelligence and tenacity and um, is really likable and kind of awkward. And so she was just such a complex protagonist. And that was just really fun to see all of these different sides of her. Sometimes that almost seem to be in conflict with one another, which totally makes sense because there are parts of our personalities that seem to be, you know, diametrically opposed and they can still coexist in one person. So I just, I loved her complexity, uh, which made following her through this nonlinear journey even more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what also was really fascinating to me is to see at each point when she takes more difficult, uh, more dangerous jobs, it was it was interesting to see the factors that can pushed her towards that being a viable option. You know, early in the movie when she's first given uh, a more difficult job to do with the uh, with you know buying that car. Um, she seems to be done with it and to walk away from it. And it was fascinating that the screenwriter specifically woven this, this relationship, this connection, and uh, this friendship with Yusuf at the core of what ultimately is also drawing her into this world. Um, I thought that was really fascinating that it's this human relationship, this person that um, sees her for who she is, uh, wants to know about her dreams and her talents like he is he is truly seeing her as she is and there's something about that that also is a factor in her continuing to engage and and get sucked in this world it's not as simple as just her being there for the money and I thought that was really smart that that human connection is is incredibly powerful and, and kind of see that showcased in this as well and I love that you can see, you know, her relationship with Yusuf contrasted with the rest of her relationships too. You know, even her friend Liz, you can tell Ugh, that the worst that yeah, that, that relationship <laughs> is pretty one sided. Yeah, you know, and and Liz doesn't even fully see Emily for who she is. You know, she's living with roommates who she doesn't interact with. You know, her her friend from work doesn't really like they're just work friends they're not like actual friends so that that relationship with Yusuf it really feels like a breath of fresh air when you're watching and so I can only imagine like oh wow this person sees me like of course you're going to be attracted to that and want to spend more time with that person so I love that the film 
does a really good job not only showing like the business standpoint of why it's attractive, but like this relationship with this guy is different than everybody else in her life. And so it makes sense why she would want to know more. And it's almost like just this desire to spend time with that person and to be around that person and to build on that connection that is part of what's alluring and attractive about about the jobs and getting to to like work with Yusuf more um almost more than anything else by the second half of the movie it's somewhat about the money but almost not even about the money anymore it's just being seen they share and the fact that they share a lot of similarities in you know him opening up about him coming to this country with nothing and building this whole uh enterprise for himself she can almost see herself in him as well and i thought um, those moments again. This is this movie's only what like ninety five minutes long, and the, mm-hmm. the choices it makes to give us um, certain scenes and time spent with the two of them together feel incredibly intentional as well. Yeah, yeah. The I'm I'm so impressed at how this movie budgeted its time, um, and and how much they were able to fit in those ninety five minutes because not only are these characters really interesting and complex and the story is interesting and complex, but like you mentioned earlier, it touches on a bunch of different interesting themes too. It doesn't explore all of them, but there's a lot that you can walk away from this thinking about. And a lot of that I think just comes so naturally because we're following this character through everything. So as she's experiencing different situations or, you know, having to confront new things or adapt or whatever, you know, the the film is able to get us thinking about these different things without having to actually get into them. So it's just, it's so well written and really, really well thought out because it works as, you know, this thriller and this really interesting, you know, descent into the criminal underworld of L.A., but it also works as kind of a really tragic character study too. And it's, wow, just well done. To be able to pull that off in 95 minutes, just great job, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was surprised at how much this movie also seems to prompt us to think about the like work environments that we create there, you know, mm-hmm. the, the two scenes where she is interacting with someone that's in a position of power in a workplace environment are all so tragic and jarring and um, painful to watch. You know, the scene with her boss at the catering company is kind of pretty clear, but even some of just the like passive aggressiveness that later turns a little bit more aggressive in the scene uh, where she's interviewing with Liz's boss at this ad, this fancy schmancy ad agency. Um, was really a fascinating uh, perspective on like in say corporate America and or in our um, like white collar job environments, like how much are we creating a place where people feel comfortable and welcomed and like there's this embracing or a little bit more empathy for people's backgrounds and like winding journeys that might not be picture perfect or resume perfect. Um, And like, what are the, 
barriers that we are creating for people to feel comfortable, even down to like just this beautiful, glassy, like polished uh, lobby area and everyone being dressed a certain way. Like it just, you, I felt as a viewer watching Emily go through this, like just how jarring and uncomfortable all of that is. Even before she even made it to uh, the interview room, there's this sense of distance and this world that uh, you you just feel like you and her don't belong in as you're watching her kind of go through this experience like a fish out of water. Oh, 1000%. The first time that we saw that lobby, I went, Mm-mm, hell no. Like I'm just, I walk into that and I see that mess and I go, nope, I'm, I'm out. Like your, your chairs are beautiful, but there's no way in hell that I would be able to deal with this. Um, But you're right. The, the film does a really good job, you know, teasing up this ad agency and Liz is raving about it and all of these cool things that she gets to do and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And so it's, it's almost built up as this, this haven this really cool opportunity and then you see it and it does look cool but it's one of those like in my mind I'm going okay it looks cool on the outside but is there any like substance here like what is actually going on here you know that there's there's more than meets the eye uh and because we've spent so long with Emily, just kind of getting into her brain and seeing how she works, you immediately know like, oh, this ain't going to be a good fit for you at all. And so you can feel the discomfort uh, that she feels. It was just, it was so good. And so and well. even down to the little detail of her trying like she put Mm -hmm. on this oversized blazer to try and fit into this world and there's this still this like sense of this is not I don't belong here this is not a place where I can thrive um and the other you know little details that I thought were really fascinating very thought-provoking was just the way that that Liz's boss that interviewer asked Mm -hmm. her about her her not finishing her degree and this the sense of judgment that was immediately felt from the that line of questioning um, was really fascinating as well, especially in, a, in like you know in a job marketplace now where having a college degree is is almost a requirement, um, and just how many people are shut out of job opportunities that could bring them out of of debt and and student loans and the burdens of that is it's fascinating to think about like how we recruit and what requirements, you know, and a lot of times in our systems, they are completely like booted out of the candidate pool if they don't meet a certain set of criteria. And what are those criteria that we set? Um, Just all fascinating uh, thought exercise from just this one little scene from this movie that was so, I think, intentionally designed in a certain way with all these little details. Um, So really well done. And the piece that I really loved about that scene is that Emily pushes back uh, about the whole not getting paid as an intern thing. And I just, I loved that she challenges that, but she's also advocating for herself and what she knows that her work and her time is worth. You know, I everybody knows that women are paid less than men in in the workplace and so 
that's something just to see a woman she doesn't she's not even like going to get the job we already know that but I love that she she knows enough about what she's worth that she's not going to settle for this internship that's not going to pay her and she challenges that that line of thinking which is also really prevalent um I mean how many companies have unpaid interns working for them uh and so I just I love that that was included in there because like you said it's an opportunity for us to reevaluate some of our systems and and how are we set up set up our our hiring practice and our our staffing structure and all of that and and I I don't know where where does internships fall do, is that like an ethical business decision to to basically get free labor out of these kids you know I I love that that was included in there as well yeah and, and in that scene you also sense her desperation as well like this is not even a viable option for me that you're presenting to me and and the privilege that comes with being able to take an opportunity that is unpaid um is so apparent and and the fact that as you mentioned that this this unpaid internship is the from what it sounded like the gateway the entrance point into a job a full-time job at this company I think what she said several months to a year like this is just what you got to do if you want a job here don't you realize how prestigious this is um automatically like you mentioned it's just shutting out an entire population of people that can't afford to take several months to a year without pay um it's not not a viable option so by default, that market of, of possible candidates is shrunk and it is is only available to a certain privileged group of people that can apply and ultimately be at this company. Um, so yeah, it's what what is really interesting that this kind of brings up that I like the I like the way that the movie holds this intention throughout is there is this apparent, fierceness and tenacity and almost like fearlessness that she has um you know that scene where she goes back to the uh person who robbed her and goes mm-hmm. to their car with the yeah. t- I was like oh you know I thought she was relatable but I can no longer relate to her because I don't think I would do that just there's there's this tension of like we're simultaneously seeing that this is going to at some point getting her into trouble but also I'm also kind of rooting for her too um and just the way that this movie holds that intention um is really interesting especially her being a woman and having this like bold audacious uh tenacity and seeing the ways that 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 gets her in trouble in a lot of contexts but also is so admirable as well and I love that she has that and she's an introvert. Like, that's the mm-hmm. best. Yeah, Because I, I feel like a, a lot of times, like, you see that piece of a personality in, like, a, a, a larger-than-life extroverted person, you know? It, it was nice to see this introverted artist carry that same... I don't know, fieriness in her. It it was just a a different type of character than I think we get to see in a lot of movies. It's almost more terrifying because you never know when it's going to come. Yeah, something set her off and she cannot be stopped. Yes. Yeah. 
yeah, when they were uh, walking into Khalil's house, like that build up to that, I kept thinking to myself, like, hmm, I wonder if this is like John Wick's origin story, you know, like maybe <laughs> he got like saddled with some student loans and like he just mm. he needed to find a way yeah, to pay him off. And then he just kind of like wandered into this criminal enterprise of really good assassins. And he just became the best at it. I mean, paid off his student loans many moons ago, obviously. But uh, maybe if, maybe John Wick had a really similar origin story and uh, student loans are the villains. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just as empathy inducing as a dead dog as well. So, right. You know? I mean, wow, it, it works. <laughs> dogs we'll, and we'll, student loans <laughs> we'll feel for the guy no matter what yes yes immediate bond to this character it's his protagonist <laughs> they can do no wrong yeah. yeah absolutely yeah what was also really fascinating as well with her being a woman is that scene where Yusuf realizes that he's been robbed first and mm-hmm. she is the one to speak confidence and and this like rising from the ashes speech that she gives to him like and and it almost is coming from this place of we can do this like we are worth better than this they will not step all over us um and I feel like in most movies you see that come from like a dude to another dude or a dude to a female but the seeing that that reverse was really fresh I was like oh I don't think I've seen this before in a film and it was invigorating to watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I think their relationship is so fascinating to me. They're uh, kind of like the the power balance between them what was just fascinating because there were some times where like he would take the lead and like he's pushing. It's almost like like he is the the mentor but then eventually his like protege surpasses him and then she becomes like, it's, it's kind of like one of those situations that you might see in like an action movie. He's Obi-Wan um, and she's Anakin yes. and she goes on a rage fest at the yeah, end. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it works. The student has become the master. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I loved that, that dance that these two characters kind of played with each other because uh, they, they balanced each other really, really well. Uh, and I didn't expect that from from their dynamic. So I, I love that both of these characters carried such complexity and they balanced each other really, really well. Like you can tell a lot of thought and time went into crafting these two specifically uh, so that they would make that interesting dichotomy as they change and shift over the course of the movie. And what's interesting about that dance is the way that it ends as well with him bleeding to death or at least like almost in a, in a, in a dire situation and in the hands of another creator, she would be the woman in love that Mm -hmm. stays by his side and sacrifices her freedom, her future, um, her dreams really for for that life in South America that she told him about earlier for him to survive. And homegirl just takes the money and leaves. I I was sitting in that scene 
thinking, oh, oh no, we've seen this before. She's going to be the faithful woman in love, mm-hmm. standing by her man. And Homegirl does the opposite. And I was like, wow, this movie does not give a crap about any of the movies that came for it. It's going to do what it wants. And it felt so in line with the 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 character and the person that we know Emily to be. And it felt like this coming to full fruition. Like she is embracing this future for herself and it might come at a cost, but ultimately she is making this decision for herself. And I thought that was really fascinating that they gave her that choice. Mm -hmm. And I love that she grapples with it too. Like for a Mm -hmm. long time, she's searching for his keys. Uh, And you can tell that she's torn. And I, I really like that. You know, she's, She's not a character that you can just like shove into a box. So even when she's making presumably wrong choices, um, (laughs) you know that there's, it wasn't this like easy decision. You know, she, she's wrestling with things, but she also needs to make a decision in a split second and then just live with the consequences. So I, I like that that took so long for her to finally make that decision. And I also love that the film doesn't let us know what happened to Yusuf. I mm-hmm. thought that that was yes. so brilliant. I'm glad that matter. we didn't. Yeah. Because yep. that wasn't the point. The point yep. was she Emily, the him. criminal's origin story, which involved <laughs> leaving him bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. And she walks away with tears in her eyes for that split mm-hmm. shot, second shot that they show of her. Like she, you know, the other version of this movie is, again, a a more simplistic version, which is that she walks away. She's ruthless. She doesn't care. She's choosing this for herself. But she's vulnerable. She's she's like us. This would be a hard decision to make. The fact that she still chooses to make that decision is telling as well. But there is not – the stakes are not wiped away. It's not this like full uh, transformation that she now doesn't care at all and is just choosing – her own self-centered, you know, uh, decisions for herself anymore. There is a cost and she sees that cost clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not this like anti-hero yeah. line because mm-hmm. I, and I love those. Those are so fun, but she, she's not becoming this evil villainous thing. She's still her. She's just, making decisions as they come along yeah she's still as complex at the end if not more so than she was at the beginning okay other things that we want to talk about this movie another thing that i appreciated about it is that we don't really see any guns and like one of the things that i really hate about american action movies is that they're all about guns like whatever guns they're a thing. I get it. And they make stuff explode. So it's fun to put on a screen. But I I just love, like, this whole premise is ripe for, like, people having guns and, like, shooting each other and things. And we don't get to see that. And I love that. Like, when, uh, when Yusuf is like, hey, like, do you have protection? And she shows him her little pepper spray can. And he's like, no, that's not enough. I was like, oh, no, please don't hand her a gun. And he didn't. And I was so pleased that he handed her a taser. And I just, I love the way that this film 
shows how how smart she was to get herself in and out of these situations without having to use a firearm. So even like the way that that she lures the guys out of that out of Khalil's house so that they can infiltrate it and you know things go wrong. Um I loved that cuz you know the the more explosive version is to for them to go in guns a blazing and then there's a shootout in this random house in California. But this film is doing something different and I love that we get to see her ingenuity play out and she's using the tools at her disposal uh to get through all of these different situations. It was just it was refreshing to see. This movie reminded me a lot of American Animals, uh, mm, which yeah. is this this movie about these, I think, four boys, I think there's four of them, that essentially try and rob uh, an incredibly famous painting and everything goes wrong. But the similarity is really like they feel like normal people and the like you mentioned – um, this almost feels more grounded in reality because they don't have all of these fancy schmancy weapons and these complex plots for how they're going to lure folks out. It feels like something that maybe a normal person could come up with and the types of weapons that uh, we would get our hands on, you know, like it, it feels grounded in reality, which almost by default makes it more thrilling. Um, this isn't like a, hypothetical universe where uh, we're dealing with incredibly uh, complex and well-trained, skilled assassins. And we also, as the protagonists, are also incredibly well-trained and know how to aim. Like, no, they're normal people with like, you know, a Swiss army knife and like a taser and trying to just steal some money. They're not even trying to do it at a big scale. Like that all inherently makes them feel incredibly relatable and then it adds this extra layer of thrill and tension because it is grounded reality which is so smart so yeah i hadn't noticed actually that there was an absence of guns but now that you mention it indeed none of them have guns and that adds this extra layer of thrill because of that which feels almost counterintuitive yeah and i i think because like we're so used to all of these like thriller action movies having guns like it it does make it more interesting to see them having to figure out how to get in and out of these situations without that you know it's it I just love seeing their creativity and you know those little bits of process you know like I loved when she was assembling all of her items before they go to Khalil's house and just wondering like okay how are you going to use all of these items, how are you going to use these past experiences that we've seen to aid you in this particular situation? And then it was satisfying for it to all come together and them to successfully break in. It was great. So we want the spy process movies with the James Bond series. We want some great process movies for heists and organized crime. I think we just want more process movies. Come on, give us, give the people what they want. By people, I mean you and me. It's a thrill. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is. And I, it's another reason why I really like, uh, like British TV and like British cop shows specifically is because 
it's it just has such a different flair than the American cop shows do. And I think part of it is because they typically don't carry guns in these movies. Sometimes they do and in their shows too. Sometimes they do, but not always. And so it really has to focus more on making the process and solving the murder more thrilling because they can't rely on an explosive shootout to create tension. You know, so it's just, it's such a different vibe and it creates a different type of tension to keep you invested in in the show or in the movie uh yeah it's just a different way to tell stories and I think it's more fun it's more cerebral versus uh, yeah. spectacle yeah yeah which most of the thrillers today tend to lean into spectacle yeah big flashy just, spectacle I yeah get it. I get it but I mean even I, down to like the cinematography choices like there's so mm-hmm. much shaky cam hand cam uh yeah, footage in this it. and I think it makes it um well, at least in this movie, a lot more fun. It feels it like just here. someone with a camera. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not really yeah. shaky cam where you just can't see what's happening. It's almost yeah. like someone by her with a camcorder shooting her in different scenarios. She's going to this uh, meetup at this like 9 a.m. Like what? It's all not done with these like very glossy, organized still shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels uh, it feels like an indie movie. Is really mm-hmm. what it is—a low yeah. budget indie movie. Yeah, but without being like, without leaning too much into it. Like you know that this is this is well made. You know, there's yeah. there's some money to this, uh, but it still has that kind of stripped down to its its essence feel, which really lends itself to the story. And I think because we see her in so many of these like small little vignettes of her living her daily life that all contribute to this almost collage of who we know her to be, the what might be going through her mind, and then ultimately why she makes certain choices. Um, all of those scenes I think worked very effectively. And what I loved about those is that they would cut away between some of those vignettes much sooner than I would have typically expected, mm-hmm. which kind of leaves this like breathless feeling like, oh, I just, I'm like thirsty for more about her and what decision she would have made or how she felt in that scene where, you know, for example, she's um, at the, the office and, and giving, um, delivering the food and you just see it spill and like you can anticipate what she might feel and then it cuts away and she's then in the bathroom trying to clean it up. And all of that, I think, allowing us to fill in the gaps of the emotions of that scene and the effects of that. Um, almost because we did more work, we by default are more invested in her. So again, speaks to the efficiency of this movie and this use of this technique that creates a lot of empathy and bond with this character because we have to do the work to fill in the gaps. Yeah, that's a really good point, you know, and again, that's that's counterintuitive because you would think like, oh, show this person feeling this thing to build more empathy. And that's not always the case. And and I think that scene and, and a few others in this movie really proves that, that when we are able to, you know, imagine how we would feel in that situation, then that helps us empathize with this character even more uh, than we might otherwise. 
Yeah, it's almost as if this movie takes advantage of the magic and the the benefits that come with filmmaking of being able to show us small snippets that mm-hmm. strung together really communicate an effect. Like if we think about those scenes where she's delivering the catering, which we see multiple times, we see a super small, short, uh, few second clip of her and her partner trying to take the elevator. It doesn't work. Then they're having to lug this like heavy food up multiple flights of stairs. They finally that's a, that's a short clip. Then they get there. Then there's this room full of like super button up corporate people like impatiently waiting for the food to come. They're already late. They're like frazzled as they're trying to get the set up, and it's spilled. Like those series of L's in a row, and just the frustration that that builds over the course of maybe like a minute of these short little segments just strung together communicate this really powerful powerful effect versus if they'd given us the time to show each of that scene happening like almost in real time it almost takes away the you know like one-two punch of all of that Mm -hmm. yeah and and we all know what it's what it feels like to like (laughs) Oh my God, I got to walk up all these stairs. Oh my gosh, I'm having such a crappy day. And then yeah. this goes wrong too. And yeah, I I also love that so much of this movie is so relatable. Like the whole like mm-hmm. becoming a credit card fraud mastermind, not so <laughs> relatable. But a lot mm-hmm. of the other stuff is, you know, she's just out here trying to live her life yeah. and dealing with things that a lot of us deal with. So even in the little mundane pieces that we get to see it's like oh yeah no like I know what it's like to have bills and be stressed about what to pay them you know I I know what it's like to have a a boss who's a jerk you know you you know what all of these little things feel like which again like helps us get into her mindset and build even more empathy with this character yep so by the time that text shows up to show up at this time you know Mm -hmm. you're like man there's been this piling of frustrations I can't take it anymore like why not yeah 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 and and also that curiosity of what (laughs) what's going on I just I want more information please Mm -hmm. yeah so good all right any other last thoughts about Emily the criminal I do have a question um so in in my theater I was the only one in the theater which is just my favorite viewing experience um but uh the the top of the screen had like a red hue to it oh in a in a lot of scenes like it wasn't super noticeable but I I noticed it because I have an issue and I was just wondering like did you notice that there was this like red hue, particularly like in the corners? I couldn't tell if it was like a band across the entire screen or if it was just primarily the two corners, but it was this like, um, I don't know, like this like overlay of kind of like a pinky reddish hue. Um, I don't know. It was I so I didn't know if that was like an yeah. issue like in my theater and like my screen or if that was like an intentional part of the no, film and they colored so. portions of it that way. I don't think so. I did not okay. notice any red hues. Okay. 
So great. But I also don't notice pink earrings. So <laughs> here we are. Um, okay. No, I, I didn't notice anything like that. Especially if it's if it's like more prominent in the corners, that feels like potentially a problem with the screen. Right? Like that was just it, it was just odd. There was I, no one to turn to in your theater after to be like, did you know? No, just me. Well, I <laughs> also you. got your little private own your private because, experience. Yes, yes. So that was my own private weird experience. So there were like certain parts of the movie where I was looking nowhere else other than the corners because I was like, why are their hair that color? Like that doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, that's still there in the next oh, that's distracting. Scene. Okay, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> My movie theater going experience was that there was this elderly couple. Like they must have been in their late 70s, early 80s. Aww. Just the two of them coming to watch Emily the Criminal, which I'm like, wow, great taste in movies. Great job. Yes. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. But hearing their like their like investment in Emily. And then their groans or their like gasps throughout whenever she would make a decision or when she would like knock someone over the head, they were just like, oh no. Oh man. Oh, that's adorable. No. It was just so endearing. But also, I'm like, yeah, this movie is highly effective. Wow. Okay. The elderly couple are invested. Wow. They were bought in. They were genuinely concerned. Like this was like their granddaughter on screen, like making bad decisions. They were like, oh no, honey, we can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Wow. What a great movie going experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, great taste. They aren't just showing up for like where the crawdads sing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Wow. Support Emily the Criminal. We want more movies (laughs) like this. Yes. All right. Well, this is what our review and discussion of Emily the Criminal. You can find it available out in theaters. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Strategic Whimsy Experiment. This podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection. And it's something we continue to do each week solely because we love it. This is our Strategic Whimsy Experiment, and we encourage you to find a way to infuse whimsy into your day. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about Emily the Criminal. You can connect with us on Instagram at Strategic Whimsy Experiment, on Twitter at Strategic Whimsy, or you can email us at strategicwhimsyexperiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss the film 3,000 Years of Longing. We hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you next week. Thank you.